This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me. This is your Need To Know Financial Podcast. I'm Candace Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Today we're super pumped guys to be sitting down with a legend of his sport, Kendrick Louie. And if you are familiar in the surf life saving scene, you will know this name. He actually grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney and was already a really strong pool swimmer. He actually started nippers as an 11-year-old at Collaroy Surf Lifesaving Club, where his passion for surf lifesaving and the sport really kicked off. Since then, the Ironman champion has won multiple Australian surf lifesaving titles, represented Australia on the world stage as part of the Australian lifesaving team, as well as being named Surf Lifesaving Australian Athlete of the Year in 2018. Wow, that is a huge record. But away from the sport, Kendricks is actually a family man and father-to-be and is also an entrepreneur, having founded his own media agency with his brother back in 2018. Now, the business is called Louis Media. So welcome, Kendrick. It's really good to have you on our show. Thanks very much for having me, girls. It's exciting to be here. We're excited. We're pumped. Absolute pleasure to sit down with a legend like yourself. Now, just quickly, guys, before we get into our conversation, our chat today, as always, is not considered personal advice. We're going to hear lots about surf life saving uh, and a little bit about the markets and obviously business. This is a bit more of a special episode we wanted to bring to you today. As always, please note the podcast and uh, the content we discuss is general in nature. All right, Kendrick, let's set the stage for our listeners. I guess, can you explain to us to start off with exactly what goes on in an Ironman race? What does it involve? It involves a bit, a lot of training and sometimes a very, you know, relatively short race. An Ironman race, for those listeners that aren't familiar with non-triathlon Ironman, it involves swimming, board paddling, surf ski paddling and running. So essentially what you do, it's all off the beach. I always <laughs> I always get confused, you know, so you, you do Ironman triathlon and this and that. And I say, well, my bike wouldn't go too well on the beach. So um, <laughs> that's, a, that, that, that's an easy way to clear that up. So we all start on the beach. We swim out around a course, you know, say you swim first, run a transition leg, you paddle your paddleboard out through the surf, out around the few turning markers out the back, come in, run a transition and do the same with the surf ski. Depending on the format, each a race can range from 15 minutes to potentially four hours. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Well, we actually had a little bit of a taste of that at our advisor conference in the Gold Coast. We did a little bit of a beach run and a swim and made a little bit of a competition out of it. And that was really hard. And we were only running about 100 metres. So, <laughs> so I can't imagine how difficult yours is. I guess it's all relative, right? Um, it'd be like me spending a day in your seat. It'd be very, very out of my comfort zone, I think. 100%. And I guess let's take it back a step, right? How did you set out to become an Ironman? I can't even imagine 
where this process started for you. We touched on it that you were in nippers, like a lot of Aussie kids. We all kind of learn the rules of the surf on the beach at a young age. But walk us through how you went through the whole process to winning the title back in 2019. I guess as a young kid, I played so many different sports. And that's one thing my parents were huge on was kind of not specializing in one sport or another. It was hey, just try as many as you can and find what you love. That kind of ranged from, you know, soccer, footy, pool swimming, dirt bikes, all sorts of stuff. And I just kind of naturally gravitated towards pool swimming purely because, you know, at a young age, and look, I'll be totally open about it, was I I wasn't too good in a team environment. I knew that I couldn't control anybody else and I wanted to. And then when we lost, I couldn't handle it very well. And I, um, yeah, I just was a young kid and was just super competitive. So, I chose, um, I went into more pool swimming, fell in love with that really. It was it was one of those sports where the guy that or girl that did the most amount of work, trained the hardest, wanted it the most, was probably going to win and didn't have to rely on really any teammates. That kind of eventually grew into, you know, a few mates that I was swimming with at the time said, hey, I'm a member down at uh, Colorado Nippers, do you want to come down and try it out? So I, um, I went, yep. Yeah. Awesome. How hard could it be? You know, I grew up surfing as well. So I I knew the ocean. I loved the ocean. Having a strong swim leg going into that sport was just huge. It was a huge head start. You know, I learned to paddle the boards and before I knew it, I kind of became hooked. I, I loved it. I loved the fact that I was out in front. I was a small kid growing up. A lot of the guys I was racing in the pool were probably nearly a foot taller than me. Um, they all went through puberty probably a lot earlier than me and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I wouldn't say I was a late developer, but I was just a small kid. And then, yeah, going into surf lifesaving, I just I just found like, oh, my God, this is so good. I'm a small guy. I can race well and I'm up near the front. I just need to work hard and upskill myself and I'll be good at this sport. I then started, like any grassroots sport, started following the, you know, the professional level and the top of the sport. And, you know, that, that was live TV at the time. They were racing in big waves. Like, how cool is this? It's an action sport. Yeah, I started idolizing those guys and then I had a dream to be where they are later on in life and... Yeah, kind of, I guess, you know, you fast forward a long time, like through school. I left school in year 11. I didn't finish school. I, I, well, I was good at school. I just couldn't focus and didn't like the sitting still. So I left school, did a, a trade with my dad. My dad's a builder. Went and did a carpentry apprenticeship with him. And um, I said to them, I'll, I said to my parents, I want to move north to the, to the Sunshine Coast to chase being an Ironman. And my parents were like, you can chase whatever you want, but have something to fall back on if it all doesn't work out. So I'm lucky I did that trade and, yeah, moved north, trained for three or four years up there, came very close to winning a series. I ruptured, you know, a few ligaments and stuff in my knee. I was 22 or 23 at that point. So I, yeah, finished that and moved north and that was a total eye-opener. I packed everything up in my car and drove north to the Sunshine Coast and, um, Kind of never looked back really until I moved home four years later. Wow, that's fantastic to hear. And I guess that kind of leads into our next question, right? So very good that you ended up taking up a trade um, because I guess a common theme in sporting careers is that athletes also need to get a regular day job, right? As the income isn't that great until you really start to win some of those titles and major, you know, sporting milestones. Um, so I guess what's your approach to managing your financial affairs over the last, you know, 10 years? I get asked this a lot by younger athletes in our sport, those that want to be at the top level and don't quite know what it takes and the dedication it takes and don't know the road that I took. But, you know, my biggest thing is if before you're going to chase it is or 
whilst you're chasing it, make sure you're either studying something or doing a trade or whatever it might be because the money isn't great. You know, I, I can honestly say in the past 10 years, there's probably been a handful of Ironmen and women that have been able to make some sort of living out of it. We you know, heavily rely on personal sponsors. For example, Shore and Partners, they look after so many you know, of the athletes. And look, to be honest, you wouldn't be able to do it without guys like you know, Earl and Alan and the team there. Great hat, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I never take it off. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, we, we do. We rely heavily on, on personal sponsorships and, and outside um, work. Because when it comes to prize money, you just can't rely on that. Our sport is, you know, you're racing against the elements of Mother Nature. So no matter how good you are or fit or fast you are on the day, a wave could come through and and ruin the result, you know, change that result. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate in whatever sport it is you're doing or whatever it is your children are going to do. Make sure they're, yeah, they're studying a degree or, or get, get getting a job behind them. That's interesting because you actually said that you don't like to be in sports that you can't control, but you're actually in a sport that you have absolutely no control of the elements at all. How does that make you feel? It's 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 very character building. Um, <laughs> and what and what what I meant by that was I like being in sports that I can control my outcome. And you know, like I know if I'm going into a playing a game of footy or a game of soccer or whatever it might be in a team sport, I'm going to give absolutely 150 percent to my team. Where your teammate may not. I can't control him. I can control me. And that kind of can affect the result where if I go into an Ironman race and I give absolutely everything I can and the result gets determined by a wave, well, it is what it is. You've got to kind of suck that up and that's the sport you're in. And it teaches you a lot away from sport as well, taking that into business and everyday life and family life is that, you know, you can have all your ducks in a line and a curveball might be thrown your way and it doesn't work out the way you want it to and you've got to kind of pick yourself up, kind of regather, go back to that process and start again. And that translates into, I guess, what we do in the markets, right? At the moment, as we're chatting, the markets are extremely volatile and predict- unpredictable. So it's a bit like the ocean and we, we commonly use that metaphor. And I think one thing when we were fortunate enough to watch your race up in the Gold Coast was exactly to your point, you can have all the training and all the plans in place, but if a wave goes or against you, you've got to be able to pivot quickly. And that's what we say to clients and investors in the market. You know, let's let's have a plan in place, but when the tide changes, we want to be moving with it, right? So I guess one area that's a good uh, aspect for, for you and, and your sport coming back into the business and financial markets and what we talk about here at Talk Money to me is how have you pivot as you're embarking on the next stage of your career? you know, thinking about starting a family? How does how do you manage that, your life with your family and your sport and your business? I, look, I've always been really big on structure. You know, my wife, on the other hand, she is, but she's she kind of allows me to be more fluid and kind of forces me to be a little bit more fluid. Um, so we're kind of like the perfect balance there. Um, Yin and yang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, especially with, with training and time management is something I've learned to be really, really strict with, you know, especially training at a certain time, you're to get the most out of that. Then you got to try and recover. And then for me now, I'm, you know, I go to work, you know, for, you know, most of the day in between, and then I go and train again in the afternoon. But in saying that too, like you just, you need to have a rock solid process, but also at the same time, it needs to be fluid. I'm, I'm big on that. And then having kind of the right people around me um, that'll get the best out of me. And then that, that, that way, if things do kind of 
not go the way you want, you kind of go back to that process, go, is there anything I could change here? No, it was pretty good. It was an external thing that affected this result. So, hey, let's go again. That's it. It's basically predictable that things are going to be unpredictable. And like for us in the markets, it's predictable that it's going to be volatile. (laughs) Now, let's turn our attention to your media business because that's really interesting. So, how does an Iron Man decide to start a media business? You know, it doesn't really seem like the most natural connection. Um, So, can you kind of walk us through the origin of that story? Because that's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. um, Everything that I do, it comes, a lot of it comes out of interest. So, I guess when I first you know, kind of, it was probably like four years into my, I guess, Ironman career, four or five years in when a few brands started showing interest in sponsoring me. And, you know, look, I was so naive and had no idea how this, how this game worked. I, um, I remember when I was a, I was a fresh 17 year old going into my first Ironman series and I was um, chatting to some of the, you know, the guns like Kai Hurst and stuff at the time. And, I was blown away that they got given a car to drive as a sponsor. It's like, what do you mean? They just give you a car. And he's How do like, I get that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no way. I'm, and he's like, yeah, and these other brands, they do this and then they pay you a lot of money. I'm like, what? They pay you to do Ironman. And I couldn't get my head around that, right? So later on in life, you know, I started seeing some of that attention come my way in, you know, with swimwear brands and this and this. And at that time, that was when kind of social media was starting to really take off. And I always thought, you know, I want to really over deliver and add as much value to these brands that see value in me and give back. So a lot of my contracts were deliverable based around social media. So my brother at the time, my younger brother at the time, he bought a camera. Um, he's like, I want to learn how to use it. He was YouTubing how to use it. I said, why don't you just come down to training with me and just take photos, whether they're good or bad. You'll learn how to shoot. You'll learn how to edit. And then I'll get some decent photographs um, to post on my social media and keep the sponsors happy. That's how it kind of just started. And then other things started coming my way. Other clothing brands started sending me clothes. They liked the imagery that we were shooting. And I said, okay, I just started negotiating with it. And I just said, oh, let's see if we can get a bit of money for this one. I, I said, all right, here's this denim jacket. They want us to shoot it. I said, all right, well, if you guys want to use the images, um, you'll pay a license fee. I had no idea what a license fee was, but I said, you'll pay a license fee. And then we started upskilling ourselves on that. And then we thought, all right, how can we do this without having me as the talent going a little bit more broader? So I was super, I guess, passionate and keen on you know, selling the dream to the client and then having the uh, more in the sales side and, and having you know, the amazing work from my brother back that up. And that's kind of how it just organically kicked off. Do you have other Iron Men in your or women? Sorry, under your brand, um, you know, are you targeting sporting stars or? No. Nah, so look, to be honest, that's how it started. Look, we did this one campaign for a um, a boat company, right? Where there's these amazing speedboats, and they said we need, you know, a full library of imagery and um, videos for our w- website and our social media. Um, we shot it all. We got some amazing content for them. Anyway, they just did a couple of posts on Instagram with it and did some stuff on their website that really didn't maximize and they, they didn't leverage the amazing content that was there. So I thought, how can I go a bit deeper with this and you know build out some kind of like Facebook ads and do some of that and amplify that creative at the time um, so they can get better bang for their buck and also it'll keep us engaged longer for with them opposed to just a one-off shoot day. And um, that's kind of when things started shifting a little bit. My brother was also shooting, started to shoot weddings and stuff on the side. I was more kind of chasing that digital marketing amplification. How do we, 
you know, show more people to a more targeted audience. And then we kind of like, yeah, we ended up going our own separate ways. He went that way. I went more around the, the digital side where it was, hey, we started building websites, optimizing sites, more online advertising down that road. That's interesting to us because obviously we are trying to grow Talk Money to Me and it's a lot of hard work. You know, you don't, you don't realize how much time and effort goes into growing your brand. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's like anything, right? You, you go back, you know, my, my biggest thing is I, I go back and I you set a goal or you have a dream and, and I'm huge on dreaming big. I never dream too small and then put a process in place which start at the finish line and work back and how do you want to get there? You know, work hard, obviously be fluid as well and be consistent. That's kind of just, it just takes time. You know, it, it does. It takes time and consistency. Yeah, love that's that. It. Roll with the punches. Absolutely yeah. love that. And there's another athlete here in Australia that's well known in the business sense that did have a big dream like you, Kendrick, and uh, that's Wes Mays from Mays Group. So for anyone not familiar with that company, the, the code is MGH on the ASX. And he started off with a dream uh, to, to grow a, a really interesting higher equipment business, started off with one Bobcat, uh, and now it's worth over $1.4 So I guess listening to you go through how you started your media company and, and I'm excited to watch the, the future growth for you, is there anything that you think now we have the two hats, you know, your sporting hat and your business hat? Do you want to see more of a connection between the sporting world and business, like more people like yourself and, and the Maze Group to really kind of wear those two hats? Because gone are the days where you might just be in one career for 40, 50 years. You know, the, the way of the future, I think, um, our generation is we could be kind of experts in different areas. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think you see, you're starting to see it a lot more because like an e-commerce online business is so easy to set up and, and, and do. And you start to see that a lot now with, um, for example, the, so some of the rugby league players, you know, that brand YKTR, like they're just starting clothing brands and starting to go after the market that they know. And it starts off as mates and then it just starts to grow. And look, I guess, for example, some, like a sport like us, like in Ironman is... We're not when on nowhere near the same pay packet as a rugby league payer or these bigger team sports where you know you can retire and you've got this huge name and you can go into commentating or radio or whatever it might be. It's like we have to start a job on the side. And look, I, I didn't do it out, out of you know having to do it. I, I was purely interested in it. You know, I was I was passionate about it. And like every morning, every weekend, I get up. I like love going to work and, and working and it, it kind of inspires me like the clients that we've got now is it's like I'm always like I'm never off. If I'm off, I'm sleeping. <laughs> and even then you're probably dreaming big, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like it's something that I, I don't know, it just drives me and, and I'm always thinking of ways how we can improve what we're doing for our clients or improve what we're doing for our business and other things that I'm always, I'm always brainstorming, <laughs> you know, a bunch of different ideas. It's um, – yeah, some of them got to take a step back. Your passion is so infectious. I just love it. Yeah. Well, so I guess what is, I mean, this is probably a good question now. What is a typical retirement age for athletes in the surf lifesaving game? So you've been doing it for a long time now. Uh, you've got your own successful media business. When do you think you're going to, um, what is it, hang up the board shorts? Or the speedos. Um, or the speedos. Hang up the speedos. Um, the average retirement age would be around anywhere from 30 to 35, I think. Um, to, 
depending on, I guess, what you've achieved and what boxes you wanted to have ticked along your career and your journey. For me, I think I want to do one more year, give it a red hot crack. I'm also mindful of I've got, you know, working partners at at work and, you know, I've got a child on the way. And But I feel, you know, last year, just due to all the uncertainty we had with COVID, I couldn't really give it a, a red hot crack. And that hurt, putting my foot on the line, not knowing that, you know, I'd done absolutely everything I could do. And, and it kind of reflected a little bit in, in my results. So I think, I think it's one of those ones you, you kind of have a bit of a gut feel as you know when you're going to, when, when the time's up. So another win, basically. You just need one more win. One more win. And then you'll be good. Absolutely. <laughs> and that'll probably go, oh, yeah, should I go again then? <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I think from a racing perspective, that'll be it. I'll always want to, yeah, be involved, whether it be ocean paddling, you know, or around the surf club, giving back to the, the, the kind of the next generation down at Manly. Yeah, I just love it. Yeah, you'll always be in the water and perhaps that's what Kelly Slater is thinking. He's now 50, another water sport, but it's a very different retirement age. So any comment on that, you know, do you think there's a reason for that? Is it? Do you think your sport's more taxing? Oh, look, I, I don't like to compare each to their own, but in saying that, it's, mate, Kelly's phenomenal. Like to be 50 years old and still winning events, not just taking part, he's winning. So you know, I, I take my hat off to the guy here. Um, yeah, he's unbelievable. So probably, yes, a little bit more taxing. Now, we've heard about your life and the origins of your business, but in a few minutes, let's get into the finer details of this. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. So we're just going to pivot ever so slightly, going back to the business with you, Kendrick. Walk us through, I guess, how you have broken down the day-to-day responsibilities and the management between yourself and your business partner, your brother you mentioned. Yeah, so I I guess what I mentioned earlier where, you know, we kind of went separate ways. Um, He's doing his thing now and I'm doing mine. You know, they're both, I guess, successful respectively in their own right. I guess for me, I've been lucky enough to, yeah, to come across um, people that are better at (laughs) what what I'm doing than me, a lot better than me. So I guess I guess for my you know role is I like to chase work. I like to meet people. I like to brainstorm ways I can add value for these clients. I've got an amazing working partner, Mark. His name is that I met a couple of years ago through our surf club. And you know, without people like that, he's, he loves heavy lifting and he's very good at it. You know, so and and we complement each other. We we kind of bounce ideas off each other. You know, if there's something that I've missed, he's picked up, and vice versa. So. We've got a couple of experts in their own fields that work, whether it's SEO or website build or social media advertising. 
so yeah, we've kind of found a really good happy balance. Um, and I guess my job also is to kind of be that glue that, you know, holds everyone together and make sure the communication's there and everyone's happy. Yeah, it sounds like it's a fantastic working relationship. And do you have those big moments or those dreaming big moments where you're like, this is where you want the company to be in five, ten years? Have you thought that far out? Um, look, I always like to think into the future, but not too far. Look, it's one of those ones I want to kind of build our client base and ensure that we don't get carried away with the noise. It's very easy to take work that doesn't align with you and doesn't excite you just because there's a good dollar figure there. I'm not about that. I'm all about staying in our lane, ensuring that we can have value and we're excited every time you know a new client comes across the desk. We're like, yeah, this is us. We want to work with these guys and we can add value to them. So look, I guess building that, building our team, and just kind of, yeah, thinking into the future, I guess, yeah. All right. So, Kendrick, you mentioned noise. And I guess as a financial advisor, one of our roles is to actually block out the noise when advising our clients. So, this potentially does, you know, translate to an athlete's ability to actually build a strong mental game for the sport by blocking out the noise. So, can you give us, how do you get in your headspace before a big competition? And, you know, do you have a certain routine? Look, there's no, I guess, set routine as such. At at the end of the day, there's always going to be distractions. Um, Some you control and most you can't. And that's that's life, I guess, at the end of the day. And that's where I go back to kind of having that rock solid process, making sure it is fluid to adapt whether you are or aren't wrong. Um, I'm not afraid to be wrong. I can own that very easily. Surrounding yourself with, you know, the, the right people at that right time that's going to get the best out of you. I guess just trying to execute the basics. If you can get that right, great. If it doesn't, well, it wasn't meant to be. But I'm always really big on, you know, that quote, it's, you know, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So if if you know you haven't prepared, well, you kind of know what's coming for you. 100%, definitely. What about the, the limelight or the media aspect? Walk us through, I guess, when you started to really win those milestones, like you were saying, you could see the sponsors coming in and you could see your career really building up in the sport. What's it like, you know, having 16,500 followers on Instagram? Do you get stopped in the streets and, you know, you and your wife? Are you, are you, or is it you, people like, hey, what's, what hat are you wearing? Sean Partners, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, uh, not really um, at all in the scheme of things, like, and not trying to play anything down that I've done or I've worked so hard for it. You know, it's like anyone in life when you have a little success. You know, my wife is really big on ensuring that I celebrate every little win because you just don't know when it may be your last win. Otherwise, it becomes too much of a job and you get too lost in it. So for us, it's like, you know, a little win might be, you know, making our clients a few more sales than they made last month. Or for me, it could be like, you know, winning a race I haven't won or, you know, working for 10 years to achieve a goal that I set out. You know, they all mean so much in their own little way but in terms of your question you know what's it like you know having a kind of a a bit of a celebrity lifestyle or status oh look it's fun I've, I've been able to do some amazing things that a lot of people haven't been able to do um one in particular was you know you know we've had the opportunity to go down to Melbourne Cup a few times at Flemington and be in the birdcage and being able to meet guys like Usain Bolt um yeah, that was really cool. What's he like? Yeah, he's an absolute character. Like I'm in awe of what he's done in the sport and how he carries himself off the track as well. Our sport, and, and I say this to a lot of people, is that it may not, 
I guess, reward you with a lot of dollars. What, what, what it does pay you in is a lot of opportunities to meet people like, you know, you girls and the team at Shore and Partners and being able to go from amazing, you know, holidays and paddling opportunities to Hawaii. And it's opened up so many doors for me that way, which then comes back sometimes as a financial figure. And I think I would add to that, watching you doing your incredible race up in the Gold Coast, you've also got a family. You haven't touched on it, but your colleagues and your athletes that you um, train beside, it's just one big giant family in the whole community, which is just fantastic to watch. You're all really rallying and supporting each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think one very exciting opportunity that we wanted to talk about is your feature in Harper's Bazaar with Rita Ora. Tell us about that. How did that happen? Yeah, it was a we, we had a race at Bondi, one of the Ironman races at Bondi, end of last year, and we raced Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. And on the Saturday, I got a um, a text message from Victoria Stanham, who used to work with you girls at Shore and Partners. You know, she said to me, uh, she goes, "Hey, are you free Monday morning? A friend of mine's the producer or one of those roles at Harper's Bazaar." I was like, yeah, I'm free. What's it for? She's like, oh, well, um, they want someone to like shoot with Rita Ora in this thing. And I'm like, yep, sign me up. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, you know, I didn't even have to think twice about it. And um, Holly, my wife, she came along with me as well. And as she does, she's pretty much my manager, my nutritionist, my psychologist, everything. She sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she's a legend. So we, we turned up and the photographer says, all right, I've got this idea. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, all right, I want you in red Speedos and I want to gold body paint all over you and this and that and Holly's like, yep, done, lock it in. <laughs> and um, I didn't even get to I didn't even get to have a choice in the matter. But I said, All right, you heard the boss. So yeah, it was fun. So we turned up and that, that's a whole nother experience again is that these people are like serious celebrities. They're A list stars. You know, we're here in, you know, Australia. So she's kind of, you know, out of the hustle and bustle of either the US or the UK where she's big in. But then we turned up and there were so many paparazzi just everywhere. And we, we go in and it's like, you know, they needed me for probably half an hour, put the body paint on, get outside, shoot for like three minutes max, and then we're done. And the people that's involved in it, it it's like an army. It takes so much to get that shot. And, um, you know, I can't believe I got to do that. Another amazing thing, you know, I did this year, ticked off the bucket list, was doing a V8, uh, a hot lap with, you know, Will Brown and the Sean Partners team. And Oh, yes, I did that. I did that. That yeah. was great. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I've always had that on my bucket list. Like, I'm a mad motorsport fan, uh, whether it be dirt bikes, supercars or F1 cars. And even it goes fast, I love it. And I was like, oh, my bucket list is to do a lap in a V8 supercar. And yeah, I was lucky enough to get that this year. So yeah, there's things that our sport gives, amazing opportunities, and I'm so grateful for it. Just to wrap this episode, because this has been very, very interesting, um, what advice would you give to our listeners who are wanting to actually get into the world as a professional athlete like yourself, as well as someone wanting to start their own business? So there's two questions here. Look, I think they're exactly the same. Um, well, I, I believe anyway. Uh, I believe the only you, know, you only regret the things you didn't have a crack at. So for me, it was, you know, should I have started a business or, or arming and iring, just go for it. Dream big and dream really big and then create a step-by-step process of how you see yourself getting there. Give yourself a deadline to get there as well. Otherwise, you could, you know, just get carried away and, and nothing ever happens. There's a few kind of tips here, but surround yourself with like-minded people that will bring the best out of you. I think at the end of the day, it's like work hard, and treat failure as learning. I think if you're having a crack and it doesn't go your way, you're not failing. You're having a crack and you're learning from it. 
you know, I'm I'm really big on that in in terms of just just give it like what's the worst that can happen. Exactly. Just grow through your experiences and you will improve day on day. That's that's great advice. Mm. So yeah, I, I think that translates across anything in life. Like I I'm kind of learning now. I'm a big post reflector. So I'll probably finish this podcast now and go back and reflect and think oh, I should have said this, should have said that, should have said that. But yeah, just get out there, have a go. Um, surround yourself with good people and in and just enjoy life. Uh, it's been really great and I think very transparent and open and honest and that's what our listeners want to hear, right? And one thing we do at Talk Money To Me just to end every chat with all of our special guests is what's your preference, Kendrick? If we're going to offer you tea, coffee or tequila, Ooh, what drink one. would you have? Or is another one to add into the mix potentially? Look, I love coffee. I do love uh, you know what? I'd probably go a Tommy's margarita. I love a Tommy's margarita, spicy Tommy's margarita. Yeah, it's really hard, it's really hard to find a... Um, almost like a non-alcoholic version of a margarita too. So, Well, what a great chat. Thank you so much for joining us, Kendrick. We hope to continue watching you absolutely smash those goals. Oh, thanks for having me, girls. It's been great. Pleasure. Thanks so much. Now, before we sign off, please remember, although Felicity and I are financial advisors at Shoreham Partners, as always, our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice. You should seek professional financial advice before making any of your investment decisions. That's it. And please make sure you follow us on at Talk Money To Me podcast for daily market updates. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And remember, if you've got any questions, please contact us tmtm at equitymates.com. Until next time. See you, legends. Talk Money To Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.